Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. The small self, ego, shadow, emotional fixations, whatever you want to call it, the aspects of ourselves that are not whole, that are not healthy, they don't care about the soul level values. They just want to feel good right now. And they can't see the longer term game. That's where you come in. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Today, we dig into the real problem at the root of the self versus other issue, the needs of your shadow or your ego versus commitment to your soul level values. If we really want to solve this millennia old issue and become better managers and leaders in the process, we have to kick out the scapegoat from the room and take a long look inward, make ourselves accountable for the solution. That's what's coming up. I offer weekly member webcasts and teach live courses on clearandopen.com because I believe with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, just open up the podcast app, click the cover art, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. I'd very much appreciate it. Thanks for listening. On with the show. The root of the self versus other problem, it's not ever really a self versus other problem. It's a small self, lowercase s, versus big self, uppercase s. In other words, the needs of the local personality self versus that self's ability to make way for their soul level values to come through. See, if you frame it that way, imagine you've committed your life to serving love and truth and you realize you're addicted to chocolate. Like someone I know. You realize you're addicted to chocolate and you go, well, I see the chocolate is not good for me. And I care about my body and I'm eating too much of it. That's the love piece. And the truth is I'm an addict. And like some days I think about chocolate all day and it's distracting. And that's addiction is not a healthy thing in my picture. So abiding with the truth of my picture would mean I get off that uh, substance. That's truth. So at that point, if someone were to continue to choose to indulge their addiction to chocolate, they're not expressing their soul level values. You see, they're at odds with their soul level values, small self versus big self. Now there's a conflict. So there's a article that's been flying around all of my female friends Uh lately. So I don't know if any of you guys will have seen this, but it's popped up for me you know, like maybe five or six times in the last two weeks. And it's an article about self-care, which is something that's hugely promoted to women in particular. Mm-hmm. And it's redefining self-care from the small self uh-huh. that you were just talking about. They're, you know, 
chocolate, long bath, candlelit baths, uh, a glass of wine, you know, it's saying self-care is not really that. What self-care really is, is looking at the bigger issues in your life and taking control of, you know, spending the time to own those things. And so it's exactly, yes, it's what all this is reminding me of is this article that is doing the rounds with the ladies right now. Yeah. Now that, thanks Tina. Now that's a really interesting question, right? Sometimes a glass of wine may be serving self of the capital S. Other times it's probably just serving self of the small S. The answer is not in the wine. It's, it's not in the content. It's in how you're relating to it because it's like, you guys all know, you've all had this experience. You know, there, there are days where you feel like you really need a drink. And then one or two drinks later, you realize it really wasn't the right thing. And there are other days where you have that drink or two and it's perfect, right? It's not like the brand of wine (laughs) is the issue, right? It had to do with your relationship to it. And it's really tricky because the small self, lowercase s, is of course always going to advocate for its needs as being way bigger than they are. Oh, come on. We worked so hard today. You really deserve that drink. You really deserve that chocolate. It's, you're going you're gonna to have that drink and just all of your cares are going to melt away and everything's going to be perfect. That's exactly what I need right now. And then you're like, well, I don't know. You know, last time we did this, it just made me my head cloudy and me tired and then I didn't get some things done. Are you sure? Like, I don't know. Let me check in with my soul values here. It's not easy. But what if when, when, when and if you make those choices where you put the big self ahead of the smaller self, it's serving you and everyone around you. And, you know, if you eat those six ounces of chocolate and stuff your face with it, and if back to the instant gratification theme, it makes you feel as if you've been served for a while, but then most of the time afterwards, it's not the case. You see? So the self versus other problem is a red herring if you accept that there are these soul level values, which I think is easy to observe, that you're at choice with serving or not. Right? So now let's take the us versus them dynamic in a business. I better back up because I just said something pretty profound. I'm saying that the millennia old self versus other issue that every religion, spirituality, philosophy has been grappling with has been the wrong question. But really, it's understandable because we project so much onto other. Why not this problem as well? So unfortunately, when you, when you misframe a problem like this, it can't be solved. So it should be no mystery why this self versus other problem has never been solved. It's not the problem. You see? The real problem is at the level of individual, is an individual willing to look at their small self values versus their soul level values and make choices related to that? So imagine... You know, your soul level values, by now you've probably identified a few words. So here's a challenging question for you. Are you willing to commit your life to them? Are you willing to commit your life to serving 
those values to orienting entirely that your small self exists to serve those larger values. Now, you can have chocolate ice cream from time to time. I'm not saying, I'm not ruling that out. I'm just saying overall, the, ma- the majority of the time, let's start with just a simple majority of the time. Are you willing? This is a rhetorical question for you to sort of feel into and, and consider. Are you willing to serve those bigger values? Because if you are, that will change the frame of every day afterward every day of your life afterward. Because whenever you're presented with what seems like a self versus other issue, the answer is always going to the soul value, which transcends, which is what joins you and other, making the self versus other distinction disappear, you see? Because you're the same. Because whoever you're in conflict with is a downstream expression of those same soul values. They're serving one of them too, which is at the end of the day, the same as yours. It's just a matter of sort of figuring out how that works. So now let's look at a practical example. So let's say a service. An employee has the soul level value of service at work and their manager doesn't see them as engaged as they would like them to be. So the manager asks the employee, hey, what are your deepest values and how are you using your job to express them? Sound like a question I've asked before, right? Who do you want to become and how are you using your job to become it? What don't you like yourself and how are you using your job to change it? What are your deepest values and how are you using your job to express it? It's basically all the same thing. If you just go deeply into someone, the deeper you go, you will run into these soul level values. They're just there at the bottom. And then the role of the manager is to help them see how the business where they spend perhaps half of their waking hours is a place they can express that value too. Changing the orientation from I'm working for the man, not for me. I don't get anything out of this other than the money. Therefore, I'm going to do just the minimum I can to get by to keep my job and get that money. Reframe. No, this is a place just like everywhere else in your life where you can express your soul level values. And how do you feel when you're getting to do that? How do you feel when you set your personal needs aside for a moment and serve deeper, love deeper, bring more accurate truth, express deeper senses of integrity. What what do you get out of that? Well, if it's really your soul level value, you'll love it. It'll light you up. If it doesn't, you haven't discovered your soul level value yet or values. But that's the thing. The small self, ego, shadow, emotional fixations, whatever you want to call it, the aspects of ourselves that are not whole, that are not healthy, They don't care about the soul level values. They just want to feel good right now. And they can't see the longer term game. That's where you come in. 
your own meta is the place where you discern, okay, I'm going to forego this instant gratification and I'm going to stretch myself and I'm going to bring service. I'm going to set my own needs aside here for another, another moment and bring service, bring love, truth, passion, understanding, knowledge, whatever that is. I'm going to give over my life to that value in this moment. And then you see what happens because your small self will have stories about it. Well, if you do that, we'll never have chocolate ice cream again or whatever that represents for you. You know, you'll be tired all the time. You'll never get to have time to yourself and yada, yada, yada. Okay. Maybe they're right. Try it out. But I think everybody already knows that when they really give themselves to whatever that value is, something comes back that is so nourishing. Why is that? Well, it's easy to see. You're connecting with the governing dynamics of life itself. Of course, that would be nourishing. It doesn't get much more essential than that. It's like, hmm, nourishment of chocolate ice cream versus the universal soul level metaphysical Pangea stuff. Which do you think is going to tide you over for longer? Right? But the ice cream in your freezer takes very little effort. Sometimes connecting to your soul values can be quite difficult. But you could just string the ice cream together forever, right? You could. One spoonful at a time. Because after you finish the ice cream, you have a nice cigar. Then in the morning, you have a couple of cups of coffee. You know, and right. then, you know, you've got headphones all day on at work and check social media and your email six times an hour. And then at lunch, you have a couple martinis and then you, you know, have some fried food for dinner and then a couple, a couple of drinks after that. And then you start the whole thing over in the morning. You could do yeah. that. And can't you serve and then have, um, have the chocolate ice cream afterwards as a reward? There you go. Both, right. There's an and. Yes. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> There's an and. And, and you, you all know the difference between when, when a quote-unquote vice is a reward versus a uh, coping mechanism. You can feel the difference, you know? The cold beer after eight hours of yard work has a completely different effect on you than the cold beer after fighting with your spouse. <laughs> right? It's, a, it's the same beer. Isn't it amazing? It has a completely different effect. You didn't earn it. Somehow life knows that you're using the beer to escape versus using the beer to relish or, you know, take a moment to yourself or something. Or it just, it's, it's in the system. It's in life itself. Life really seems to care about us abiding with it. It's almost like that beer is just a, a reflection of whatever emotion is inside of you. Nice. Yeah. And then like you put that into the beer and then you drink it. Yeah. And you're putting it right. So so I worked hard, you know, I did something that was good for my, my yard or my house. And I did something that was good for myself, my body, my, you know, yep. so that beer is a reflection of that. That's why it feels differently than if you go to that, whatever it is, the chocolate ice cream after a fight or after watching Netflix for eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't enough. Now you need ice cream too, right? Yeah. Right. So and what's so funny to me is like, remember, I don't know, 
probably about 15 years ago, the big study came out about, well, French, French people have incredibly low heart disease and, and we think it's because of all the red wine they drink, right? So everybody should drink red wine because it's obviously good for your heart. All right, and they found some scientific explanations for why that might be, but go hang out in France and see how they relate to wine. Mm-hmm. It's a really specific frequency. Their wine is it's inextricably woven into connection and just in kind of sense of ease with life. And it's like, uh, you know, d- during the day, like you go out to lunch somewhere and there'll be these short kind of uh, glasses where it's not like a formal wine glass. It's just sort of a little wine with lunch. And it's, it's a completely different way of relating to wine than we as a culture in America relate to it. That's where the health is. It's in the relationship to life, not the alcohol, right? Because chemically speaking, it's pretty much the same thing here versus in France, although the wine there is half the cost and three times better which really helps as well. For four euro, you can get, you know, basically a $25 bottle of wine. And I think Europe, uh, a lot of the cultures in Europe have a better connection to these soul level values um, because of the ages of the cultures in some way. There's some kind of wisdom that comes with age. You know, when you walk into a thousand year old church in Frankfurt or something and you can just feel it, there's there's a kind of stillness and an, an awe that comes that uh, to me with age is similar to uh, the wisdom that older people have. There's something that like the, the, the older you get, the more all the falsity gets burned away through experience and insight and, you know, trials and tribulations. And you're left with just what's the most real for you. And that's part of what is immensely edifying about going through crises like death or divorce or financial losses, they have a way of distilling down in like burning things in a crucible, distilling down things into their component parts, into their most essential parts. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Be sure to visit clearandopen.com for the latest tools, articles, and free resources to help you on your journey. Thanks for listening and bye for now.